morning, my friend. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to 30th and Pearl. Barnes & Noble booksellers are right there. This is the new building I talk about sometimes. Gave me shade here. It didn't used to be a building here. So it used to be really hot. I used to stand across the street hoping for shade. Then they built this building and uh, now I have shade, at least for a couple hours. So uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come out and you provide shade, even though it might take a couple years to provide the shade, you still, we wait upon you, Lord. We have patience. Uh, we're not impatient. We have patience because you have taught us, you've trained us, you've worked with us, developed patience so we, we can endure even the heat across the street. Now we can stand here because we endured there. Now we can endure here. So we thank you, Lord, that you teach us everything that we need to know. We don't have to go to man. We don't have to go to the world. And surely we don't have to go to Satan to figure out how to live here on earth, even though he calls himself the God of this world. I praise, Lord, that you are our God and that we don't listen to any other God. We don't bow down to any other God. We don't worship any other God. We have no idols in our life. We have only you, Lord Jesus. You are our God, our Savior, and our Lord. We give all the honor and glory to the Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the power. We thank you, Lord, that you described who you are in your word. You're not three different gods all living together in a commune. You are one God, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> a lot of people don't get that, so uh, I don't like to go into it too much detail, because when I start talking about the Godhead, uh, it frustrates a lot of believers. frustrates a lot of believers. Uh, the frustration comes because of, number one, uh, the church they go to, number two, uh, the seminary that that pastor came from, or Bible college, or Bible school, whatever, and what they're required to teach, and, uh, <clears throat> and then uh, the Bibles that are, you're required to read. A lot of people think that uh, all books are the same, not just talking about by all books, are the same. If it says cookbook, it's a cookbook, doesn't matter what's in it. Well, that's not true. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's books on how to do French cuisine. Let's, for example, I'm French, I'm Belgian. And uh, the, uh, there's a lot of French cooking books, cookbooks. And so each cookbook that has French cooking food, you know, French cuisine, uh, is different than another one. They're not all the same. They're all different. And if you use different recipes and you mix all those French cuisine recipes together, you're going to have a mess. People are going to say, what is this? Oh, this is not what it's supposed to taste like. This is not real. This is not true. And uh, I was walking down here and I was kind of asking the Lord, you know, uh, a lot of people don't think you're real. That's what I was talking to God about. A lot of people don't think you're real. And a lot of believers are starting to question their faith. I think all believers, when uh, they get older and older and they don't see a lot of uh, motion, they don't see a lot of results of believing on you, they may question their salvation. <clears throat> and that comes from Satan. So anyways, I was walking down here and I was... <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Poor air quality. <clears throat> Mission field. So uh, walking down here, I said, Lord, uh, uh, you know, some people can say, uh, the reason I want you off the street, because I've had that the last few days, I want you off the street, I want you off the network, I want you out of here, because all you're doing is you're, you're, you're disseminating a bunch of lies. That's what they say. They say this book's a bunch of lies. And, uh, uh, and I thought, you know, uh, a lot of people probably think that. And a lot of Christians say, how can you believe that there's a God? Well, they pick up their Bible. No, that Bible's a, that book's full of lies. I don't believe that, let me show me. You know, so you think about fact checking. You know, a fact checker has to uh, get some uh, concrete evidence to ascertain that what is being said is factually true. <clears throat> not in some book, not in some magazine, not some hearsay. It's gotta be like if there's a, like, like there was an earthquake in Southern California. And so now we can go and we can not just take the news, for example, because we don't know there's an earthquake. It could have been just somebody wrote that in the news, right? So you have to fact check it. So one way of fact checking is going there and seeing the physical result of the earthquake or the physical result of the hurricane that touched in San Diego area. 
And so you don't have to take anybody's word for it. You can physically see it. And now you can say, yes, there was an earthquake, and yes, there was a hurricane-type storm that came on land. We can see it. So nowadays, Christians don't believe in healing. They don't believe in casting out devils. They, uh, they don't really believe the Bible they're reading. Uh, they really walk in doubt, and um, it's a struggle for non-believers, those who want to believe, because the body of Christ is living in hypocrisy. They say one thing, and they do another, right? And uh, so I was walking down there and I said, Lord, how, you know, we need to have fact checkers. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought to myself, how you do fact checking is uh, not quoting the Bible verse. You have to have physical evidence of something that God is doing. And then you go back and say, what can we look at? So, you know, as a believer, we go to the Bible to see what it is, and then we can apply it to real life. And so, not that we're going to take something out of the Bible, but what happened is we can look at Jesus' ministry. We see that he had miracles that followed his ministry. He had signs and wonders that followed his ministry. And people believed because they saw physical reaction of the message that he was preaching. Devils left. People were healed, you know. I know God is real because I have physically been healed. Doctors could not heal me. And so I didn't pray to Allah. I didn't pray to some ungodly God. I didn't pray to Satan. I didn't do some incantation. I didn't take a bunch of vitamin C. <laughs> I prayed to Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. That's the single source I went to, to pray. I even went, at the beginning, after going to God, I went to doctors. And I've been healed several times. Well, I'm talking about this one time. And uh, no doctor can heal me. No medicine can heal me. No hospital can heal me. So the evidence is nothing in my life could heal me. So I went to one single source, Almighty God, the Creator. And I prayed for healing of my body. And after a moment of time, my body was physically healed healed totally completely where nothing else can work so that proves to me fact checked for me that god is real because that was the only source of the stuff that i was doing the only source there wasn't five sources i didn't go to church and have somebody lay hands on me i didn't say uh, give me a bottle of oil and pour the oil on me i didn't say uh, uh recite this after me i didn't do any of that stuff i went to god by myself and God proved, he didn't have to prove himself, but I have faith to be healed. The Bible, you know, forget the Bible, just close the Bible. I have faith to be healed, so I went to God. Now, a lot of people in today's world, and have been for centuries actually, said, oh, Satan healed you, or your brain healed you. That's a bunch of lies. Because I didn't go to my brain, and I didn't go to Satan. I went to the Creator. Satan is an angel. He's not the creator. My brain is not the creator of heaven and earth. So those are all lies. See? So I went and I have fact-checked my relationship with Almighty God. And I know for a fact that He is real because of I was healed by God. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's, you know, that's something else. That was just you, God. You, John. That's just you, John pants are falling down because I'm losing a lot of weight. I fast every day pretty much. I was going to eat this morning. The Lord said, why don't you fast? I said, yes, sir. I spent the time with the Lord, whole hour, instead of eating, cooking meal, cooking my breakfast and eating it and then washing the dishes and putting everything away. I spent that time with the Lord. So I'm hungry. and I've been doing that every day. I fast all the time. I'm, I live a fasted life. And I don't eat three big meals a day and two or three snacks. And I don't fill myself up with all this stuff. I fast uh, because I need to cast out devils that Jesus said this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer or prayer and fasting, however he said it. So I pray a lot and I fast a lot because I have to cast out devils, mighty devils, big devils, powerful devils. And so that kind can only come out by fasting and prayer where it is not taught in the church. Fasting is not taught. Prayer is really not taught. I was listening to a very famous, famous church here on Saturday. Famous. Worldwide church. And they were teaching how Peter, now 
This is a Protestant church, not Catholic, Protestant. And they were teaching that uh, Jesus gave Peter the authority to build the church, and Jesus gave only Peter the keys of the kingdom. And I thought, what a crock of lies. And people love it, thousands and thousands of viewers on that, um, when he was preaching in his church. This is somebody else. I'm, it's always somebody different. I'm never talking about the same person. And, uh, and I'll give you an idea of what I'm trying to talk about here. So this morning, I uh, uploaded another, uh, what I call a soul-winning montage. It's just a scriptures with music and a pretty pictures. And uh, this particular video, it's called, uh, Where's the Nine? Where, where's the Nine? Where, where's the Nine? Or something like that is just one story one simple story of about seven or eight or nine verses something like that and uh it's one story it's just one small real life story that happened to a real man a real man actually 10 men actually jesus and everybody around him but one man in particular and uh god proved to him that he god is real and he came back and worshiped God. Now you think about Jesus, the Bible says you're not, you're not to place it, you're not to worship any other God than, other than the Creator. No other God are we supposed to worship. <clears throat> okay, very Bible, okay? And it's part of the Ten Commandments. But this man came down, fell down, and worshiped Jesus. Now stop and think for a minute. Jesus never stopped us. Hey, get up, I'm just like you. He didn't say that. Oh, get up, I'm just a man too. Or just get up, what are you doing? I don't worship me, worship God. He didn't do any of that. Because Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. The fullness of the Godhead was manifested bodily in Christ. So he was worshiping not just a man, but God on earth who would soon die for his sin. God proves who he is. Now you can tempt him, you can mock God, you can laugh at God. Do you think that bothers God? Not in the least. He laughs at the sinner. He laughs at the mocker. He will have the last laugh. Guaranteed. Let's pray again. Lord, I thank you that you will have the last life, laugh. I thank you, Lord, that you will stand because you are truth, and uh, truth lasts forever. And uh, you said that those who refuse you will eventually go to that lake of fire. Even if everybody on the planet doesn't believe it, you believe it, and there are believers here that believe it. Just like that you saved eight souls. Those eight souls believed in you, and they put their trust in you, and they were saved. All the others mocked, criticized, blamed, and had all kinds of trash talk. But God proved to Noah and his family that God is real. And he actually also proved that he was real to every single person who died. But they had no recourse because they mocked him all the way to the end, all the way to their death. And that's what's going to happen today, all throughout time, until you come back and get us. People are going to die in their sin, and they're going to go to hell. And hell is real. It's a fire that never goes out. It's never quenched. So, Lord, I pray for laborers to come into your harvest. I pray, Lord, that people get this unction, this fire in their belly to go and witness, to testify that God is real. And I thank you, Lord, that you'll give the, those soul winners power to lay hands on the sick and the sick shall be healed they'll recover and if they have a devil you'll give them the power to cast that devil out and the person after the devil's cast out is different and they can testify that i had a devil and now i don't have the devil i was sick and now i'm well god is real because you are the and so i just thank you lord that people will build a fact check god and god will prove himself that he is god and no other god will be placed before him so father we give you all the glory for what you're doing even now on this corner and this message in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do all things in word and deed in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 13. So uh, this is the, the title of our Sunday prayer letters. The word of the Lord was published. 
I pray that you're publishing the word of the Lord daily. And if you're not out publishing the word of the Lord daily, then I tell you, you ought to sit down with God and say, "How I need to sow into some ministry that's publishing the gospel. Don't sow into some ministry that never wins the loss, that never preaches the gospel. Find preachers and ministers who are out preaching the word of God, who are publishing the word of God. It's really important. And if you're given to a poor, to the poor, to ministries that uh, to serve the poor, make sure they're given the word of God too, because we support the poor too. But all the poor that we support and we give to also preach the word of God. They, it goes hand in hand. They help the poor and they preach to them. They give them the gospel and they give them food. They give them clothes. They give them the gospel. That's the type of ministry. You don't just want ministers, uh, organizations that just feed people, feed people. You want the gospel published in their life. So uh, I better answer a critic. Uh, so one of the critics, actually it's many, have said that I don't need to read the Bible and I don't need to preach the gospel. I don't need to proclaim the word because God wrote his word on everybody's heart. So there, John. And I just say, okay, thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. <clears throat> I'm going to preach the word of God. That's what I'm going to do. Let's do that right now then. So let's go. Uh, I'm actually going to read quite a bit. So let's just read through here. I've got one I think one thing I want to highlight for the rest of the day, but I'm going to read these verses here because I want to go through Acts chapter 13. All right, so uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Now there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manin, okay, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. <clears throat> As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherefore to I have called them. Verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Cilicia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Sal Salamis, uh, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. <clears throat> and when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, <clears throat> a Jew, whose name was Bargesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. <clears throat> Verse 8. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, that's Bar-Jesus, his name is Elamus, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then, <laughs> then Saul who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety, sub, subtle, sub, subtly, sub, subtly, and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun, for a season and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand then the deputy when he saw what was done believed being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos they came to Perga in Pamphylia and John departing from them returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, uh, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, 
If you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, beckoning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with a high arm brought him out of it. And about the same time, 40 years suffered by he, uh, suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto him David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. What I want to key in on is just one little snippet of this portion of the scripture. I understand that I didn't preach on Monday, today's Tuesday. Yeah, I didn't preach on Monday, today's Tuesday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Lose my days of track, track of days. Hey, there's my Fort Collins bus. How about that? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to go back to verse 2, and I'm going to talk about a couple of things in verse 2. All right, verse 2 here, chapter 13 in Acts, King James Bible says, And they ministered to the Lord. Now, understand for a moment, there are lots of pieces that I could talk about, lots. And I tell you, my heart is being pulled in lots of different directions, okay? Because I want to talk about all the little pieces that I see. And the reason I see so much is because I spend a lot of time with God, a lot of time with God, meditating on God's Word, talking to God, praising God, worshiping God. I spend an enormous amount of time with God, and I have all my life mainly because of my career. I was blessed, I guess. I didn't know I was blessed until I got out of it or, you know, after about halfway through the career. But I was blessed with a career that uh, I was able to live in a truck, sort of like, long-haul trucker for 40 years. And so I was able to turn that truck into a rolling sanctuary, a rolling university for God. It was just amazing, rolling temple, whatever you want to call it. It was amazing. So I spent a lot of time listening to the Word of God, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times praying without ceasing, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so that's why I can, there's just so many pieces here I can talk on, but this is what the Spirit of the Lord wants me to talk on, all right? Verse two, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. That's it, that's all he wants me to talk on. They ministered to the Lord and fasted, okay? What I wanna do is talk on ministered to the Lord. You know, people read that, and uh, a lot of people don't know what that means. You know, years and years and years ago, decades ago, I didn't know what that meant either. So I had to do some digging. Lord, what does it mean for me to minister to you? Say, I ask a question. Well, let me tell you something else. I, I thought of this the other day. I was telling you about some of the things he's answered me on. And uh, another one I thought was kind of interesting. I was asking the Lord, why do you call some things he and some things a she, he and she. Not talking about people, talking about things. He calls some things a she, and other things a he. And I said, why do you use those two words? And I've had that before the Lord for probably 20, 30 years. And so a few days ago, I was getting a lot of answers. I kind of, kind of was in spurts, uh, so I got several answers right away. So this answer here was, the reason I have he and she is it's not female or male. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with order, order, priority, order. He has a higher priority than a she. I do things in proper order. Everything is in order in my kingdom. And so to let people know about certain elements in the world, I say he, which is a higher authority, a higher priority than a sheep. Oh, 
And I started thinking about all these examples. I thought, wow. And that's also why he, the man, is over the woman, or the husband is over the wife. It's just, that's why you are called husband, because you have higher authority, priority, over your wife, which is us. We're not the husband. Jesus is. He is a, that's a he, we are a she. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. A lot of people don't think, anyways, I'm a radical. <laughs> and it holds water. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Anyways, so look at this. And they ministered to the Lord. So let's go to Exodus 29, 44. And we'll just, this is the, really the first time that minister to the Lord was mentioned. 29, 44, 29, uh, what is it? Exodus 29, 44, okay? 29, 44 here. Um, actually, I want to read a, a little more than that. I think I want to go to 43 and start there. And there, I will meet with thee, with the, no, this is God talking. And there I, that's God, uh, will meet with the children of Israel. And the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Verse 44. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to, this is it, minister to me in the priest's office minister to me in the priest's office uh, 45 and i will dwell to make his home dwells to home amongst the children of israel and will be their god and they shall know that i am the lord their god that brought them forth out of the land of egypt that i may dwell make a home amongst them i am the lord their God. So minister to me. The first time it was mentioned. And it mentioned priest. Minister to me in the priest's office. Okay? Now, that is connected to a verse in the New Testament. This is Old Testament, but it's connected to a verse in the New Testament. First, it's connected to Acts 13, verse 2. But more specifically, it's connected to another verse that says that we are priests. Yeah, how about that? If you're a child of God, you now are in the office of a priest. Do you live like a, as, you, as a priest or do you look like a child of the devil? Because if you read what a priest looks like, he is arrayed in holy garments, beauty, are you, do you think that your uh, ungodly dress is holy? Just thinking. Just, I pray that we will go back to dressing up again. I used to wear a suit to church. Yeah, that's how long I've been around. If you, did you ever wear a suit to church? Wife would dress up, children would dress up, and we would go to church as a family, all dressed up in our Sunday best. <laughs> Tie, suit coat, Polished shoes, clean shaven, haircut, smile on my face, wife by my side, we would do that. Now you go to church and everybody wears, I don't wanna say that, anyways, you know there's a big difference. It's like, and man, I can go 15 different directions there, I'm gonna stop right there. Sanctified by my glory, and I will sanctify the tabernacle and the congregation and the altar, and I will sanctify also I will sanctify also the priest. You are sanctified. All right? So let's look at this sanctified by my glory. Okay? There's a way to look at this that's really interesting. And that is when you look up glory, when you look up sanctified by my glory, I'm going to sanctify the priest by my glory. All right? So what is glory then? you have to look it up in the Bible, specifically the King James Bible. So glory is, has two predominant uh, definitions. One is light, light. 
God sanctifies us in the light of God. He takes the darkness out and fills us with His light. We are sanctified by His light. That's why when you're filled with the light of God, no part dark within you, and you go back into dark, living a dark life, that light leaves. And now you feel a void and empty. And many believers who have fallen away, they go back into their sin. They go back into living at the bar, living at the dance hall, living in sin. How sad. Another definition for glory is beauty. Beauty. God's glory is beauty. God is beautiful. All you gotta do is go to Revelation. I mean, look at John. John was like an awe, like, wow, this is beautiful. I mean, the floor is crystal, shiny, see-through, gold, it's just, and rainbows, and oh man, beauty, beauty, beauty. So he sanctifies us by his beauty. You look at an unbeliever, a sinner, and they look not beautiful. And so that's why Satan tells people to make your outside beautiful. Put lipstick on, shave your head, put tattoos on, uh, put an ear pierce, put a pierce your nose and your tongue. And uh, you know, that's in today's world, right? And uh, take those clothes off and put something right. People can see through you and see the, the flesh. Yeah, so they can drool over you and lust after you. Yeah, and make a spectacle of yourself and dance around so everybody can gawk at you, male and female. And if you don't like that, you don't, you're a male, then you can become something else. You can become a female if you're a male. If you're, you're a female, you can become a man. Yeah, why not, you know? It's all about flesh, 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 flesh. That's all it is, flesh. And flesh is gonna be destroyed by fire. So you look at a believer, when they're born again, they're sanctified by that light and the beauty of God, and that beauty shines out from us. I mean, I, when I got saved, before I got saved, I looked like an old man, because I was old. I was old when I was young because of my upbringing. But after I got saved, it was just within a year, people are saying, John, what have you done? You look so young. I lost 10 years of aging within a year, 10 years. I used, when I was 18, 19 years old, I looked like I was 25 or 30. I looked like an old man. But when I was 20 or so, people start saying, John, because I got saved about 19 and a half or 20. So six months or maybe, I don't know, eight months was within a year. I remember that. And it could have been just before turning 21. I said, man, you look like you're 18 years old, 19 years old. And you say, well, that's true. He is, he's 20 years old. He looks like he's 18, 19 years old. Yeah, but I looked like I was 30 before I was saved. So the beauty of God took that aging, oldness out of me. And I became, well, not pretty, but I, the beauty of God is what I'm trying to talk about, okay? And we are priests. So in that light and in that beauty, we're sanctified, and then we can minister as priests to God. And we do it by the Holy Ghost. We are filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost gives us what we need to minister to the Lord. Because in Romans 8, it says, we don't know what to minister, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, He tells us how and what to minister to the Lord. How? By even though he's talking about people, it's also we minister to God first. We always minister to God first, just like this morning, every day, seven days a week. I minister to God first, always, 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 always. There's never a time, especially in the last 15, 18, 19, whatever years, that I've not ministered to God first. I mean, we all, we're all growing up. I mean, there was a time that I would jump out and go to work, you know. And after an hour or two of work, I thought, oh, I forgot to pray, Lord. You know, I mean, you know, I had a job too. I worked 100 hours a week. Talk about getting tired. People say, oh, I'm so tired. I worked 40 hours this week. Well, I worked 90 to 100 hours. In harvest season, it was 120. Yeah, during harvest season, you don't sleep. You have to get that fruit off the trees into the market, you know. But I was a produce hauler for 40 years, uh, for 27 years. All right? 
So that is uh, interesting. So now let's go to another portion of this verse here in chapter 13, verse two. And they ministered to the Lord. Now here's another, and fasted, and fasted. We'll stop right there. We're, we're just doing half of verse two, half of verse two, and fasted. Now let's go to Genesis 20, verse 18. Genesis, verse, Genesis 20, 18, all right? So we're using the Bible to define the Bible. We're using the Word of God to define the Word of God. We're using the Word of God to teach us the Word of God. We're using the Word of God to bring light to the Word of God. We're using the Word of God to bring understanding to mysteries of the Word of God. We're using the Word of God to do that. That's why we dwell in the Word of God. That's why we live in the Word of God. We don't live in church. We don't live in man's teaching. You don't live by my, my teaching or my ministry. You don't do that. All you're doing is listening to me so that you can go to God in, your, in the Bible, go to God with the Bible, and God will teach you the Word of God. So what a preacher and a minister is supposed to do is bring attention not to themselves. I pray that you, I wish I could just step off camera. There, I'll just talk to the microphone here so you don't see me. You probably can't see me, but anyways. I have to do this, but God, but I give all the glory to God, okay? I'm nobody. I am nobody, 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 nobody. I'm just an empty vessel, a servant of God, serving Him with all my heart, soul, mind, body, and all my time, all my money, all my resources, everything that I am, I serve God. And I make mistakes, no doubt about it. I fall down, I mess up, and God picks me up and washes me up. Okay, keep going, John. <laughs> I mean, God loves me, man. He's not mad at me. He loves me. He cares for me. All right? All right, so we're going to use the Bible now to talk about fast. A lot of people say, oh, I know what fasting is. Quit thinking that you know it all. Take your brain, un turn it off, and just say, God, I don't want my brain to talk to me anymore for a while. I want my spirit that's filled with you to talk to me. I want my spirit that's filled with the spirit of the Lord to teach me the Word of God. I don't want my brain to be inactive. And I know what the brain, I know what it says, Lord, but I want to fill my spirit up. And as I fill my spirit up, it will renew it, the mind. It will renew my mind. So I don't have to worry about turning it off and turning it on. Oh, I got to renew my mind. I need to work on my spirit. Anyways, enough of that, okay? Fasted. Okay, we're going to Genesis uh, 20, verse 18, okay? Verse 18, Genesis, Genesis 20, verse 18. For the Lord had fasted, for the, no, for the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Amalek because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Did you get that? Or did you go right over your head? Did you, I'll say it slower. For the Lord had fast, closed up all the wounds, closed up all the To fast is to close. To fast is to close. Okay? And that's what I'm trying to get people to do, to fast. Close yourself off from food, from music, from the world, Fast your life. Close off your life to the world. Don't let the world keep coming in and filling you up. Fast by closing the world in your life. Close it off. That's the fast. When you talk about food, you shut your mouth. You close your mouth. You can't put food in your mouth when it's fasting, when it's closed. And that's what fast means. God fasted the wombs of Amalek, all the women of Amalek, because of Sarah's Sarah. And that happened. And why did that calamity fall on, fall on that? You know why? Because Abraham was still trying to figure out how to live in God. And he sinned. He lied. What does the Bible say in Revelation? We talk about it. We see the free street. Oh, no liars in heaven. Do you realize that you're calling Abraham a liar? No liars in heaven. Well, at what point does that happen? It happens at the point of your last day. 
when you're living your last day as a liar, you don't go to heaven. Now, if you lie and you repent, you still can go to heaven. But Abraham lied. So he fasted. He shut himself down and he repented. Lord, I made a mistake there. He didn't just lie once. He lied a couple few times. Sorry. <laughs> but he's called the father of faith. He was the beginning of the Hebrew people. He was the beginning of Israel. Beginning of Israel. Israel started with one person, one man. But it didn't start with that one man. Oh, see, what, what can I do to really make my name known so everybody knows me? That didn't happen. God picked him. Because he said, Abraham, Abram, as his name, beginning. Abram, hey, wake up. I'm going to pick you because I like what you're doing. I, I have no respect for person, but I'm going to pick you. My calling's upon you. You can't repent now. I've picked you. You can't even run away. That's it. You're it. Tag. You're it. <laughs> All right? So fast is to close up. So when you look at this and you apply that to different aspects in your life, uh, you, can, you can grow in an area that's closed off. For example, uh, this building across the street. I don't know if you saw that or not, but that building across the street is being built. It is closed off. Closed off. That building, that location is fast. The builders have fasted that location. Why? Because they're building inside there. One day, their fast will end. Yeah. So that's what happens in a fast. You close off, and whatever you close off inside that closing develops, grows. So that's why Jesus said this kind, talking about a very powerful devil, this kind can only come out by fasting and prayer, by prayer and fasting, however you said it. And that means you have to close yourself off and spend time with God. That's why I tell people, close yourself off, go off by, that's what Paul did for a while. Closed himself off from everybody. I mean, think about it. I mean, just think about it, okay? If you're still here, most people click off. <laughs> click off. I, I was going to finish that story about the, uh, uh, where's the nine? That's the story, right? And uh, so it's, Two minutes and 55 seconds long. Big deal, right? Two minutes, 55 seconds. So I'm going to suppose that all the viewers of that sermon, that little message, scripture message, are Christians. Christians. So Christians cannot read a story for more than, it was it's sitting right now when I left the house at one minute and 55 seconds. That's all they can give to reading a story. The story is longer than a minute and 55 seconds. The story is two minutes and 55 seconds. But they can't even finish a little tiny story. And that is a testimony of a man that was healed by God and followed Jesus Christ for the rest of Jesus' ministry and continued preaching the gospel and publishing the gospel in the region where he lived. And he lived healthy and whole his entire life because of his faith. And that was a real man, real act, a real event that happened and was fact-checked and became true, was proven true. And, you, and Christians can only give that story a minute and 55 seconds. That tells me not that I am a poor uh, video person, whatever you call that, a poor artistic person, or someone that's out of tune with God, or someone who doesn't know the Bible, there's no preaching in that little three minute, two minute and 55 second message. No preaching, it's just the Word of God. And it's just one story. I'm not, not a bunch of stories all over there, just one story. So that doesn't tell anything about me. It tells people that John loved God. John, preacher John, loves the Word of God. 
John has given his time to the body of Christ freely. He didn't charge for us to watch that video. He doesn't charge $10 a video, $20 a video, or a dollar a video. Wouldn't that be great? I would make a lot of money every month. I wouldn't have to take any more offerings. I can just give it all away. How about that? But people don't do that. They like free. I don't want to pay for that. Freely you give and freely give. I mean, they don't want to give. They don't want to give. They don't want to give. They want to take, 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 take. I tell you, and that's why God can only give them enough peace to last a minute and 55 seconds in a three minute and 55 second video. And that number's gonna go down, I guarantee it. It'll probably go down to about a minute and 20, 25 seconds. Yeah, I guarantee it. In the next couple days, when more and more people watch it, it'll keep ticking down. No interest, no interest, no interest, no interest in the Word of God. So that's why I only preach out of the Word of God. I don't preach out of my ministry book. I don't preach out of my pastor's book. I don't preach out of some... I don't preach out of anything but this Bible, the Word of God. Sorry. Lord, I thank you that uh, we can preach out of one book. We don't need a stack of books. We don't need a stack of Bibles. We don't need a Hebrew Bible and a Greek Bible and an Arab you know, the Arabia type Bible. Uh, we don't need a Spanish Bible, an Italian Bible. We don't need any Bibles if we speak English. All we need is one English Bible. If I didn't speak English, I'd get another Bible, but I'd make sure it's built on this book. Like so many were done for hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't need to preach out of my pastor's book. I don't need to teach a class out of my uh, some book that somebody wrote or some course that somebody did or some class none of that stuff i can just learn out of the word of god i thank you lord that the word of god keeps me clean i wash in the word of god thank you lord for what you're doing here on this channel even now as people are hopefully they're here here but probably not but it doesn't matter to me lord because what i want to do is not please people i want to please you my father which is in heaven i want to please you lord and in your name jesus i pray amen and amen all right, so that's uh, so we went through the word of the Lord was published. That's Acts thirteen forty nine. We're going through the through uh, Acts thirteen this week, and we're in the theme signs, wonders, miracles, praise, worship. And we went through. Uh, uh, we actually started. We did Sunday. We didn't do Sunday. That's right. So I went through Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, part one, two, and three. Acts thirteen one through thirty three. Tomorrow's Wednesday, and I'll. Lord willing, do uh, 34 and 35. Tomorrow's church, so if you're in the Boulder area, you'd like to come to a, a different kind of church, we worship God on our face, <laughs> and we preach the Word of God, and uh, we're tiny, but we're alive. Greater is Jesus Christ that is in our church than he that's in the world. And then tomorrow, I'm going to be over there by Boulder High School at 15th and Arapahoe. I'm not going to be directly in front of the school because a lot of parents are upset. They don't want the, their children, quote unquote, in high school to read this sign. What they'd rather have is read books on how to mutilate their body. That's what they'd rather have. Uh, they don't want this because to say God bless you is so wicked and so evil to them. So a lot of parents are up in arms at my ministry around Boulder High. So that's why the Lord said a few days ago, last week, that on Saturday, or Wednesday mornings at 6.30 in the morning, you're to go over there with Brent and march around the high school and pray for Boulder High. So tomorrow will be my first day at waking up at 5.30 or 6. Brent's going to pick me up at 6.30. We're going to go over there. And I'm going to pray. He's been doing that for a couple years now. Do you march around your school? I march around town praying. Because I, I walk everywhere. If you drive a car, you don't walk. It's safe if you drive a car. Are you praying for your city as you're driving down the road? Or are you listening to some worship music, not concerned about your city or concerned about people going to hell? I don't know between you and God. I'm concerned 
That's why I pray. I don't listen to earbuds. I try occasionally, but I, you know, and if I listen to some, it's the Word of God I'm listening to. I'm not listening to music. I don't listen to music. A lot of people send me all this music stuff and CDs and stuff. I don't listen to any of it. I try to listen to it, but I usually just throw it in the trash or give it away. People don't know what real godly music is. They're listening to some ungodly music today. Ungodly. Turns, turns my stomach when I listen to it. Oh well. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Lord help me. God bless you, man. The reason I do this is because I love you. Not because I have nothing else to do. I have a lot to do. I would rather not be here. It's hot. It's sticky. It's miserable. But uh, I'm going to be here until the Lord sends me home. So uh, God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.